We're doing a little series called God Pleasers. And in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11, he says that you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you have created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. We are all new creations in Christ, and we are all a part of God's creation. The main reason why we were created is to please God. Amen. Nothing else will complete us. Nothing else will fulfill us. You know, many people think, you know, that God exists to please them. But that's not the truth. God's main purpose is not to make us happy. Our purpose, praise God, is to please Him, and that is what will make us happy. Now, there's different subjects on pleasing the Lord, and this morning I want to center in on just one of them. How many of you are in agreement with me for utterance? In Psalm 47, notice with me in verse 10, and I'm reading from the NLT. It says, He takes no pleasure in the strength of a horse or in human might. He takes no pleasure in human might or our ability to bring to pass or to live life on our own. God doesn't take pleasure in that. But in the King James Version, it says in verse 11, and I want you to read it with me, but the Lord takes pleasure in them that fear Him and in those that hope in His mercy. Notice that statement. What gives God pleasure is when you and I live our lives in the fear of the Lord. So we need to define for a brief moment, what does it mean to fear the Lord? Well, to fear the Lord simply means that we're to love Him, to serve Him, to walk in His ways, and to keep His commandments. Now we're going to see this in Deuteronomy, I believe it's chapter 12, or Deuteronomy chapter 10. And notice with me in verse 12 and 13. And now Israel, we could say, and now church, what does the Lord your God require of thee? To fear thy God, to walk in his ways, to love him, and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Now, I want you to notice the next verse. Verse 13 says this. To keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I commanded this day. Now, notice this last statement. It is for thy good. When we walk in his ways, when we honor him and we reverence him, the fear of the Lord is not being afraid of him. The fear of the Lord is walking in reverence and walking in obedience to him. So when we keep his commandments, the Bible says that it is for our good. Oh, I like that. Did you know this, that his commandments are not grievous? His commandments are not burdensome. He's furnished all of us with the ability to walk in his ways. He's given us the ability to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. God has furnished us with the ability to walk in love. Aren't you glad that the scripture says that the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost? And the greatest commandment that you and I have been given 
is to love one another. Amen. And so he's given us this ability to do it. 1 John 5, 3 says, For this is the love of God, that we keep or do His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. His yoke is easy, His burden is light. Then Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13, gives us the summation of the whole matter. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. Reverence God. And keep his commandments, for this is the duty of man. The message even gets more clear cut. It says this. The last and final word is this. Fear God and do what he tells you. And that's my sermon. Good night. Drive home safely, everybody. (laughs) Have a great afternoon. The last and final word is this. Fear God. And do what he tells you. It's simple. Just find out what he says and do it. Not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Doers of the word are those that are blessed in their doing. What does walking in the fear of the Lord mean? It also means for us to depart from evil. Evil is everywhere. We have the opportunity to yield to temptation, to yield to evil. But a wise man, a wise woman, one who fears the Lord, the scripture says, will literally depart from evil. Proverbs 6.16 says it. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. The passion says this. You can avoid evil... Listen to this, through surrendered worship and the fear of God. Amen. That's not what it says there, but they're wrong. I'm right. No. (laughs) But listen to this, folks. When you present your body as a living sacrifice unto God, holy and acceptable every day of your life, you're well on your way to living a life of surrendered worship in the fear of the Lord. In other words, I'm not my own. I belong to you and you belong to me. I'm going to live my life pleasing you by presenting my body as a living sacrifice. I can tell that's just going over huge. It has to do with the service and worship of God. The Bible says that guilt is banished through love and truth and the fear of God will deflect evil. The word deflect means it will literally turn it aside. Now I want you to notice what can happen when we fear the Lord because it's in the same context of Proverbs chapter 6. Notice with me in verse 7. It says, when, uh, Proverbs 16, 7. Notice this with me. It says, when a man's ways do what? We could say it this way. When my ways please the Lord. The only way my ways are going to please the Lord is by walking in his ways. When my ways please the Lord, notice this. He will make even our enemies to be at peace with us. And this puzzled me for a few days. 
And I, I thought, hmm, how does that relate? Our enemies to be at peace with us. Hmm. Well, I found out a scripture back there in Exodus, and I believe it's Exodus chapter, hmm, chapter 23, verse 22. Now, I want you to notice this, and I want you to read it with me. Ready? Read. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak. Is that fear in the Lord? Then, he said, I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary unto thine adversary. Oh, you want him to be an enemy to your enemies. You want him to be an adversary to your adversaries. Do you? And here's what I got when I was meditating on this yesterday as we were coming home. When your enemies recognize that God himself is an enemy to him and an adversary to him, oh yeah, that's going to cause him to back down. I mean, him being an enemy to your enemies is a lot better than you. And a lot better than me. I like what one translation says. When God approves of your life, he approves of our life when we walk in his ways and when we fear him. It says this, even your enemies will end up shaking your hand. Now, we know that the enemy, the devil himself, is our enemy. But how many of you know sometimes people are motivated by him? And sometimes they come against you. But I found me a scripture that no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. When I walk in the fear of the Lord, it positions for me for the weapons that are formed against me not to harm me. Hallelujah. Now, a great example of the fear of the Lord is Noah. How many remember Noah? What about the rest of you? Huh? We're not talking about Noah's bagels now. We're talking about a literal Bible character, Noah. N-O-A-H. Noah. Now, here's what the Word says about Noah. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7, this great hall of faith, which says, without faith, it's impossible to do what? To please God. That's a whole series right there. If we want to please God, we need to learn how to walk by faith. But Noah pleased God. Enoch pleased God. Abraham pleased God. Moses pleased God. And notice me me in verse 7 how Noah did. It says, by faith. Everyone say, by faith. faith. It says, by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as of yet, he moved with what? He didn't move with a devilish kind of fear or being afraid of God. He moved with an obedient fear. 
a reverential fear. He heard that there was a flood coming years and years before the flood came. And it moved him with a reverential fear to obey him. He moved with fear and he prepared an ark to the saving of his house by which he condemned the world and he became the heir of righteousness, which is by faith. Oh, don't you know that Noah heard it from the critics out there? What you doing there, Noah? You've been out in the sun too long? He's building this ark out of cypress wood. Oh, friends, don't you know that Noah's obedience pleased God? And when you respect God enough and you have the audacity to obey him, it pleases him. God told Noah that the earth is depraved and it's putrid in my sight. The whole world was filled with violence and desecration and all these things. It sounds like 2021. And in the NIV of Genesis 6 in verse 11, it says this. So make yourself an ark out of cypress wood. Now the ark did two things for Noah. Number one, it provided deliverance from the destruction that was yet to come. But secondly, it kept his family safe when the whole world was perishing. And I believe that one of the words that I have for you this morning is this. That God is saying to us today, build an ark for you and your family. We must move like Noah moved. We must move with with absolute confidence and absolute reverence for the Lord and build an ark. Build an ark individually for your life. But build an ark for your family. But we don't use cypress wood. We don't build this ark out of wood. We build this ark out of God's word. I'm just dropped by to tell you folks that you can live safe and secure in your ark of protection. In spite of the danger that is in this world. In spite of the threats that may come from China. In spite of the threats that may come from Russia. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. And grant unto your sons and daughters that with all boldness we may speak your word. Let your church rise up and be the glorious church. Let the church that's in the ark of safety declare God is God and we are not afraid. Oh, somebody shout. Woo, hallelujah. I know this virus. I know that virus. I know this variant, but I also know God. And I know my God says that no evil is going to befall us, neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling. Saints, be fearful of God and build yourself in our. How do we do it? Psalm 91 says this. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High is going to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. This word abide means to live and to dwell and to remain. It's not a temporary residence like you would stay in a hotel room. But this secret place is a place where you abide and you dwell 24-7. So number one, we must abide in the Word. Dig into God's Word that promises you protection. 
build it into your life verse by verse. And for heaven's sake, don't wait until trouble hits. Do it now. Noah did it now. Noah moved. A lot of Christians aren't moving until destruction comes. It might be too late. Move now. Dig now. Speak now. Pray now. Declare now. Do it now. Every day of your life. Don't sit around in life and wait for the enemy to come. He's coming. He walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The only ones that he may devour are those that are not in the ark. Let's get in the ark. And let's not just get in the ark by some sort of a pep talk on Sunday morning. Let's live in the ark. I said, let's live in the ark. Let's dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Let us abide under the shadow of El Shaddai. And while you're in the ark, do it. Verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord. Come on, somebody, help a preacher out this morning. I will say of the Lord, you are my refuge. You are my fortress. You are my God, and in Him I trust. Woo, glory to God. Frame your world by the words of God. Get God's word in your heart and begin to speak it out of your mouth. Jesus said this, that we can have what we say. I'm telling you, folks, it's important to say about ourselves what God's word says. We're talking about the fear of the Lord, departing from evil, walking in his ways, Keeping his commandments. Not allowing ourselves to be shaken by the fear that is in this world. Oh yeah, things are going to go here and things are going to go there. But on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking stand. A thousand may fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand. But it's not going to come near me. And that's the attitude you've got to have. Say it with me real strong. It shall not not come nigh me. me. For I'm standing on the solid rock. rock. Mm -mm -mm. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Now that we've laid a a good foundation, I want to talk to you about what can happen in your life when you do this. You know, the Bible talks about benefits. Does it not? He said over there in Psalm 103, he said, forget not all his benefits. Psalm 68, 19 says, blessed be the Lord God who daily loads us with what? With benefits. If we daily walk in the fear of the Lord, we can expect to be daily loaded with benefits. Someone may come up to you at work and say, well, how are you doing today? I'm loaded. (laughs) Loaded? What do you mean? What are you smoking? I'm smoking Psalms 91. How are you doing today? I'm loaded. Really? Give me some of that. Yeah, we'll give you some of that. Did you know that the words that you speak to others are like seeds? 
You may not always seal the deal and lead them to Christ or even lay hands on them, but God's word is seed. Do you know what? It will not return unto him void. But God's word will accomplish the thing whereto it has been sent. It's powerful. God's word is powerful. Say with me, I'm daily loaded with benefits. You all prayed for Brenda and I. We we're just down visiting, you know, our, our grandkids and our oldest son and daughter-in-law. But my older brother Dan was there. And Dan's going to be 80 years old. I told him he's starting to look like our dad more and more every day. I don't think he liked that. <laughs> but, you know, we had fellowship with them as a family and went to dinner. But the next day I had some private time with him. So I went down where he was staying and just started planting seeds planting seeds and he had has a neck problem you know where he's not able to move it very well he's not able to do certain things and i said well can i pray for you and he said yeah so i went over there and got behind him and laid my hands on his neck in the name of jesus and i believe god's working in his neck i believe that god's working a sign and a wonder I mean, even apart from his faith. He's kind of a joker, you know, a couple hours later. He says, I believe my neck's getting worse since you prayed for me. (laughs) You've got relatives like that, too. (laughs) And I said, Dan, just keep the switch of faith turned on. I said, your tongue is your switch. Keep thanking God that you're healed. So I wouldn't be surprised. I'll get a call in a couple of days. You know what? Went to the doctor. My neck is just fine. Wouldn't that be just like God? And so it's a seed. It's a seed. And then he started asking questions, you know, because we grew up Catholic. I went to all Catholic schools as a, as a kid. In high school, I went to an all-boys Catholic high school. He did the same thing. He was an altar boy. I never was. They can't, still can't figure that out. <laughs> but we started, and he asked me, he texted me before I left. He says, send me the notes of your sermon from today. So we got to do a little outline and send it to him. What's that saying? He's hungry. He's hungry. He's hungry. And so we're talking a little bit. And he said, well, what about, you know, do you believe that the church... There's only one holy Catholic church. I said, do you believe that? Do you believe it was built on Peter? And I went to explain to him Matthew chapter 16, where Jesus went to his disciples and he said, you know, who do you say that I, the son of man, am? And then some of them answered. Some say that they're John the Baptist or Elias or or one of the prophets. But then he said, but who do you say that? You know, it's important what we say about him. Not what grandma says about him. Not what mama says about him. What do we say about him? But who do you say that I am? And here's what Peter said. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, the living God? I said, yeah, God is alive. God the Father. God the Son. And God the Holy Spirit. Then I went on and quoted to him 
what Jesus said to Peter as a result of Peter's response. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you. But my Father, which is in heaven. And then I said, and Jesus said, and I also say unto you, Peter. What does the rest say? And that's right, thank you. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And I basically said, you know, what Jesus was saying to Peter, you're a little rock, but the massive rock that I'm building my church is a huge, massive rock. And that's the rock of revelation that you got, that I am the son of the living God. So the church wasn't built on Peter. It was built on the revelation that Jesus Christ is Lord. And incidentally, the word Catholic means universal. So in a sense, there is one holy Catholic church, but it's not a denomination. It's made up of Baptists and Lutherans and Pentecostals. It's made up of people around the world that got the revelation. Say it with me. Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. Glory to God. And so I could see him thinking, hmm. And I said, you believe the Apostles' Creed, don't you? You know, if you've been around a while, you know what the Apostles' Creed says. I mean, that's a confession. Of the Lord. He says, yeah, I do. So I believe, praise God, if he's not in yet, he's well on his way. Amen. Seeds have been planted. And you've got relatives just like me. You've got people on the job just like you. They're seekers of truth. Folks, they can't find it in money. They can't find it in cash. I know of people that have... I'm talking not a million dollars, but millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. Without Christ, it's all going to burn. Jesus is the reason we live. Jesus is the reason we breathe. Let's lift our hands and praise Him. Glory to God. Oh my. Jesus is Lord. Mm. Help us, Lord, to be mindful of our covenant with You. Show us, Lord, the deep meaning and give us even greater and further revelation of the Lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives. When you are Lord, nothing else matters. When you are Lord, things happen and things take care of themselves. Lord, help us to live in a constant state of seeking first the kingdom of God, your way of being and doing right. And as a result, all these things shall be added 
to us. Oh, folks, people are searching. People are wondering. And they're wandering. And they can't find it in alcohol. They can't find it in, in, in marijuana. They can't find it in drugs. They can't find true peace in sex. True peace only comes, come on, from the Prince of Peace. Yeah, but I've got so many storms going on in my life. So much wind here, so much there. The Prince of Peace lives on the inside of you. And I hear him saying, peace be still over our lives in Jesus' name. Oh, the benefits, folks, of walking in the fear of the Lord. We don't do this for the benefits, but he's so good to us. He tells us time after time after time, what will happen in our lives when we do this? Are you interested? Look with me, if you would, to Psalms. And notice with me in... Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Say with me, for the Lord is good. And His mercy endures forever. Come on, just pray a little bit. Glory to God. For the Lord is good. And your tender mercies are over all of your works. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Notice with me in, in Psalm 25, verse 14. Here's one of the greatest benefits that you can receive by walking in the fear of the Lord. You will receive revelations about the blessings of God that He's prepared for you. Notice Psalm 25, verse 14. Would you read it with me? Out of the Amplified. Ready, read. The secret of the sweet, satisfying companionship of the Lord have they who fear, revere, and worship Him And he will show them his covenant and reveal to them its deep inner meaning. Anybody a candidate for that? Put your hand over your heart and say, I receive it. I receive a greater revelation of the deep inner meaning of this glorious blood covenant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Many benefits. Psalm 34, 7 says this, reading from the Amplified Version. It says that the angel of the Lord encamps around those who what? Who revere and worship him with awe, and each one of them he delivers. Oh, see it, my brothers and sisters. Your angels set up camp wherever you are. When you move, they move. Wherever you go, they go with you. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to them and for them who are heirs of salvation? Gloria Copeland says they're CIAs, covenant enforcing agents. I know it's an E, but I like the I. Say it with me, my angels are covenant-enforcing, hallelujah, angels on assignment. Amen? So they have charge over you. 
They watch over you. I was talking to my sweet little granddaughter the other night. We were laying, uh, she was on the couch and I was laying next to her. And we started talking about spiritual things. And mom was telling her stories about blind Bartimaeus. And she says, Papa, she said, she knows those stories by heart. She knows those stories. Just, I mean, just she knows them. Are those true? Yeah, they're true. And then I got talking to her, and I prayed with her. She had a little cold. And I said, you know, there's power in believing God. She says, what does that mean? That's simply taking his word and believing it and trusting him. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means having confidence in him with your whole life. And I said, there's great value in saying with your mouth what you believe in your heart. And I led her in some faith confessions. Oh, it was precious. Praise God. And she was telling me and told Brenda about this one time where she was sitting at school and she saw an angel outside the window of the school. And she was questioned about it. And she said, yeah, just kind of was a natural thing. Yeah, I saw this angel. Looking in, that angel, without a doubt, had charge over her. I said, that angel had charge over her. And the angels of the Lord have charge over your loved ones. I'm going to say that again. The angels of the Lord have charge over your loved ones. All you've got to do is release them. I said, release them. How do I release the angels? You just say this, ministering spirits, angels of the Lord, go now and protect my loved ones in the name of Jesus. And your faith as a blood covenant man or woman of God, as a man or woman of God that fears the Lord, your faith will reach out to nieces. It'll reach out to nephews. It'll reach out to uncles. It'll reach out to in-laws and even some outlaws. Say it with me. My faith faith is working for me. My angels angels are working on my behalf. This room is full of them right now. This room is not full of devils, demons, and evil spirits. This room is full of angels. Some of them have been hanging around your house waiting for you to give them something to do. They're like this. I wish she'd give me something to do. I wish she'd get, he'd give me somewhere to go. You know, the Bible says the angels of the Lord excel at his word. They watch over God's word. And as you speak forth the word of the Lord, the angels are dispatched. Say it with me. My angels are hearkening to the voice of of his word my words aligned with his word causes the angels to hearken and to be activated on my behalf glory to God come on let's praise him for a moment glory to God <laughs> Woo, thank you Lord my goodness pakalite esalom maya more and more, more and more, more and more in these last days. 
more and more in these last days till the angels of the Lord be seen. Hallelujah, Lord. Glory to God. Mm. How many of you are interested in your days being prolonged? I mean, you don't want to just get out of here, do you? I mean, eventually we do. But not now. Not now. These are the last days. These are perilous days for some, but these are glorious days for the church. Now notice this. I believe it's over in uh, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 27. By the fear of the Lord, days are added to your life. I like that one, don't you? You get up to be close to 71 years old, you'll be believing that too. <laughs> Proverbs 10:27. Let's read it with me. The fear of the Lord prolongeth days. Woo, glory to God. Mm. The last part of that verse doesn't apply to us because we're not wicked. But the fear of the Lord will do what? It will prolong your days. And then Psalm 31, 19. I told you there were benefits. The benefits of walking in the fear of the Lord. Psalm 31, 19 says that God has laid up his goodness for those that do what? Let's read verse 19 together. Oh, how great is thy goodness which you have laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Let's keep that verse up here for a moment. Oh, how great. Oh, how great. A great God has great goodness. And it's laid up for you. And the way that you receive what is laid up for you is you receive it by faith. I've discovered this, that the more I talk about just how good God is to me, it seems like the better it gets. Amen. Now, He's good, and He's good all the time, but how many of you know He can be gooder to you? By the revelation that you can receive of that. Now, here's a scripture that we could say, Regularly, Psalm 26 says, Psalm 23 says, Surely goodness and mercy. What are they doing? Well, they're following Pastor Tom. I know they're following Pastor Tom, and we're thankful for that. But I want them following me. So if I want them to follow, want it to follow me, I got to say it. Come on, say it with me. Surely goodness and mercy oh it's following me all the days of my life and where are we going to dwell where are we going to live glory to God we're not always going to be living in what we're living in now we're going to be living in mansions in glory that's the goodness of God but how many of you know we don't have to wait till we get there to taste of his goodness the 34th Psalm says this, O oh, taste, O oh, taste, and do what? 
In other words, get a revelation. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, my. Mm. Glory to God. You ever tasted Mama's good chili? Somebody can be in the kitchen. Oh, man. Tasting that chili. Go, mm, mm, mm. How many of you like chili? Oh, that's good chili. Well, we could say this. They got a revelation. But you're over here in the living room and you hadn't had it yet. And I thank God for all the teaching and all the preaching and how God's good, been good here and good there and good to them. But oh, thank God, He's good to me. I'm going to step up to the kitchen and I'm going to taste and I'm going to see that the Lord is good to me. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus... This session on the fear of the Lord is so vital, it's so important. I leave the results up to you. Lord, I thank you for speaking to us today, for encouraging us and giving us hope in the name of Jesus.